IIT or HBS, it's neither a necessary nor a sufficient condition to be successful in life. When I was sitting in a classroom in HBS, surrounded by 90 smartest people in the world, I saw that people who were changing the world or who were thinking about changing the world were like us. There was absolutely no difference. I think the difference between people who do it and people who don't do it is just persistent. You need to understand what you need in your life, what your authentic path is. Just optimize for that. Uh, don't don't follow the cult. I think uh, that's the that's the worst advice someone can give you that you have to do this and then you have to do this to be where you want to be. Just figure out your own path. You need to be extremely passionate about the problem that you're solving. And the reason I say it because you know this journey that it has a lot of ups and downs. It's very easy to sail through the ups, right? In order to sail through the down periods, I think that passion acts like a fuel. So it's very important to feel passionate about the problem that you're solving. That is number one. I always ensure that I have enough time for thinking. Like every morning, I I just I don't block meetings in my first hour of the day because I really want to do the thinking part, and that is something which I can't outsource. I can't say that you know you figure out the the strategy. That is something which you have to do. Honestly, when I wake up, I'm really I feel the privilege. Uh, I feel the privilege and the luxury of living a life of purpose. When you are driven by purpose, I do feel like taking a vacation. Every single morning I wake up, I really want to reach out to more and more families and solve more of the problems. There's absolutely nothing in my mind. Uh, there's absolutely nothing which can give me more happiness. So it's not that I want to take a vacation, but I'm not able to because I'm not able to finish my work. It's because I'm not even looking forward to a vacation. I am really enjoying what I'm doing, and of course there are stressful days. But that's the beauty. You are like you just want to do it. I think there is some. Uh, it, it's a it's a very like if when you really figure out something that you absolutely love doing, you just don't want to stop doing. Hey everybody, what's good? Welcome back to the Next Move podcast. And if this is your first time on the show, we're a podcast that shares the strategies, stories, and tools behind people who are making an impact in their field. And today I have Ahana Gautam with me, who is a co-founder and CEO of Open Secret, which is basically taking the BS out of snacking and making it healthy for us to eat and especially for kids to snack. And Ahana's story to starting Open Secret is, is really incredible. It's, she's from a small town in Rajasthan, then went to IIT and then Harvard and then back to India to start Open Secret. So we're going to get into that entire journey and we're also going to be talking about the importance of starting a business with values and actually sticking to them when times get tough and it's easier to just go around them, which is something we haven't covered on this podcast. And last but not least, we're going to be talking about time management and prioritization, which we do in every podcast. And you're going to want to stick around right to the end because we're going to have some cool quick fire questions that will take you inside the unique mindset of Ahana. So without further ado, Ahana, I'm so happy to have you on. Well, thank you so much, Arman, for having me. I'm super excited to do this uh, podcast with you. I know we've been planning this for quite some time. So yeah, super excited. Yes, I am too. And I, I just want to get started uh, before we get into your journey. What exactly about snacking is so unhealthy in India? Like what I, I know you guys talk about Maida and all this stuff, but what is so unhealthy about it? Yeah, you know, I think think about food in general, especially in India, it's such an integral part of who we are. Before thinking about snacking company, you know, I, I went and I spoke to people and I asked them this question, do you think food is emotional or functional? Like what role does food play in your life? Almost 100% of the people said emotional. And now in today's world, our relationship with food has become so confusing. So what I really want to do is giving an access to tasty and healthy food without the stress, right? Uh, it's very, very simple. Your grandmother knew what's good for you, right? Uh, you, it's just you want to eat tasty. 
we understand that and we just want you to ensure that whatever tasty product you are having have good ingredients so we believe in unjunking your favorite snacks so what does that mean everyone loves to eat a cookie right you don't want the maida in it we removed the maida and we added 40 to 50% nuts you love eating chips while you're watching like netflix or something else we remove the potato we remove the fried part of it we actually created india's first sandwich chips which are made up of crackers made up of nachni flour oat flour bajra and with a layer of nut butter delicious nut butter in between to give you that taste and now you know recently what we also launched is um, a nut butter spread right you want to have a chocolate spread so we remove the we reduce the sugar we added more than 85% nuts uh, with no oil no preservative so that you can enjoy the food you can have that real good connection with food that you always crave for without the guilt of uh, eating something unhealthy yeah that's true and especially today like you were saying just dieting is so much more difficult there's intermittent yeah. fasting there's all these different things that we could be doing but at the end of the day there's few basics that everybody should stick to so yeah. that is very cool and now I, I, that gives a good frame for your story uh the first question i have so like i mentioned earlier you're from rajasthan in a small town in rajasthan did did people expect you know people from your city or your town to end up going to an iit or a harvard or what what's kind of like the expectation for a young girl or a young boy in in your town yeah i'm i'm really glad you asked this question because you know the answer will differ the answer for a young girl will be different uh, versus the answer for the young boy um and i would start by saying that you know my early days really shaped me uh, who i am today it really uh, had a very impactful ex- because of the experience i had uh, it shaped me who i am today um especially in rajasthan where i grew up i could clearly see the disparity the gender disparity where you know families were okay with a mediocre education for their daughters but they wanted the best in class education for their sons to answer your question every family would want their son to go to iit but for their girl child it would be like yeah i mean you can do whatever you want to because your end goal is different um it's it's very funny you know i'll, I'll give you an example while i was preparing for iit uh, I, i firstly let me say i was raised by a working mother right she was a professor and uh, her professor colleague um she told my mother that you know your son went to iit why are you even encouraging your daughter to go to iit how will you even find a groom for her and it was it was bizarre for me right i mean this kind of thinking and i would say i was very fortunate to be born in a family where my mother taught me the importance of education even for even for me right um and and i would say her courage acted as a shield uh, to protect me from all these societal norms so definitely uh, i realized that it's not as easy for young girls out there in rajasthan to dream big and to go after their dreams for sure but is it like what is the reason behind it i don't know there's probably many reasons but is it really just because you know if you go to university finding a groom will be more difficult or what's kind of the thought process behind you know saying the girl does not have to do very much and the boy should do a lot a bringing right the kind of exposure you have seen so if you grew up in a family where you saw the dad to be the bread owner so he is responsible uh for getting the money into the family and your mother has always been taking care of the house she was not allowed to make decisions uh, whether they were like decisions about the house decisions about the the finances so it uh, i think it it just uh, based on what you have seen while growing up right and do you think that's is it still very prevalent is that kind of thinking process in in families still really relevant in india like are a lot of people still you know thinking along the same lines i i hope that you know things are changing i would like to believe that 
uh, but the rate at which things are changing, I would say it's still very slow. And it's extremely important for people like us who got an opportunity to spread the right message, to create more exposure for families where they can also see a women CEO uh, and not just a man CEO, where they could see a women founder and not just a man founder. So I think uh, we really need to create some great stories for these families, uh, which can help them change their mindset because it's it's about changing the mindset. I don't think it's their problems. It's just that they have not seen it to believe it. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and just, just onto you, um, did you, like from a young age, did you always know you wanted to go to a top university? Is that something that you worked from, from as a kid or is it something that came to you when you're a little bit older? So, you know, I think one thing that my mom taught me from the beginning that education levels the playing field, right? It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is. Um, if you have the good education, you will get a platform where then you can do something with your life. And I really understood that I wanted to get out of Bharatpur uh, if I want to get something meaningful done with my life. So that was the entire goal for me to go to IIT to get certain exposure, to get uh, to open up the doors, to be very honest. I think that was a whole thinking behind it. So, wow, that's cool. So you always knew you wanted to start a business. Uh, I just want to ask before we, we get into that is like, what does it take to get into an IIT and a, and a Harvard? Because they're, the pressure on kids today to like get into these kind of schools is insane. And the competition is insane. Is it really just all about the grades or is there extracurriculars or, or something like that, that that gets factored in? Yeah, so I think let me first start by saying that IIT or HBS, it's neither a necessary nor a sufficient condition to be successful in life. So uh, I think it's very important for every kid to understand that and to basically, you know, digest that. It's very, very important. What it definitely gives you is a platform. And then it depends on you, on how you want to leverage that platform. So you know, when I went, and I would say that, you know, both IIT and HBS were transformational experiences for me in different ways. So if I talk about IIT, when I went to IIT, to be very honest, I didn't know anything. Like, forget English. I didn't know how to speak properly, what to dress, what to do. I have absolutely no idea. But four years later, I was a completely different person. So that transformational experience, I would say, was very internal to me. It helped me realize who I was. Uh, what I wanted to do. So very, very personal. However, HBS, I would say, was a very external exploration for me. I know it might sound a bit filmy, but that's definitely very, very true that, you know, what HBS taught me that uh, what's my place in this world and what, uh, how can I create a meaningful impact in this world? And I think two things that I'm very grateful uh, for Harvard Business School, it taught me two very important things. First is perspective and second is conviction. You know, a perspective that we are privileged. And I hope that each one of us understands that, you know, we have the privilege and the luxury to live a life of purpose. In India, there are a lot of families uh, who have liabilities, who have responsibilities, and they might not have the luxury to live a life of purpose. So I really wish and I really hope that each one of us understand this privilege and do something about it to make this world a better place. And the second thing I would say that, you know, conviction, because when I was sitting in a classroom in HBS, surrounded by 90 smartest people in the world, I saw the people who were changing the world or who were thinking about changing the world were like us. There was absolutely no difference. I think the difference between people who do it and people who don't do it is just persistence. I'm really grateful that uh, the two things uh, uh, which HBS gave to me a sense of purpose uh, to create a meaningful difference in the world and a sense of confidence that, uh, that I can do it. But again, I would say it's neither a necessary nor a sufficient condition to go to IIT or HBS to do something meaningful with your life. Is, I, I'm interested, like the competitiveness in Harvard, you hear it a lot from the outside. Is it like a hostile environment being there? Like, is everybody very competitive or is it actually just a little bit more laid back? Actually, absolutely not. I think I remember you asked me about grades. Like, 
I would I one thing which I've realized in my life that learning and grades there's no correlation so I would really ask everyone to focus on learning grades is just a byproduct so don't over obsess with grades and I think people at HBS I realized everyone was uh, focusing more on the learning part and uh, and all the students out there one thing uh, which you should definitely be mindful of and the biggest takeaway is people I think uh, what HBS and IIT gave me are these lifelong friendships. And I'm so grateful to have these people in my life. Uh, like my best friend right now uh, was my HBS section mate. She lives in New York. Um, for the last two years, she has visited me every holidays and she has no family in India, but still she wanted to you know, come and support me on this, on this journey. So I'm really grateful to have these people and it was only possible because you, know, you get to meet these like-minded people on these campuses. So overemphasize on people, friendships, and learning, and grades, don't even worry about that. I, and I know you, you've said um, you don't have to go to HBS, and I completely agree, but do you think, and I ask a lot of people that come on this podcast, do you think that you need like an MBA or a grad school or anything like that? Do you, do you think it's helpful or is it, is it fine to just go ahead and start your business and try it out? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fine. I think the biggest mistake you can do is, uh, is just trying and copying someone else's path. You need to understand what you need in your life, what your authentic path is. Just optimize for that. Uh, don't don't follow the cult. I think uh, that's the that's the worst advice someone can give you that you have to do this and then you have to do this to be where you want to be. Just figure out your own path. Got it, got it, got it. And see, for me, like, I think university was a very good experience outside of the classroom, right? You learn so much from just the organizations and all this kind of stuff on campus. But I feel now with education, you can get similar stuff online, but you won't get that same experience around you. So, uh, that uh, campus life is so important, like spending time with them, learning who they actually are and, and just spending, you know, time, your ambitions, your fears, all of that. I think that just did that, that bonding is special. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so then you came back and I think you, you worked for a few companies before starting Open Secret, but what was the... Why did you start Open Secret? And I, I have this question because for a lot of people who are looking to start businesses, it's always brainstorming, you know, what business can I start? What can I do? What can I do? Instead of the problem finding them. So what was it for you? Did it find you or did you look for the problem? Yeah, no, I think the reason again goes back to my childhood. Um, as I mentioned, I was raised by a working mother. And uh, I remember when I used to come back from school, I will open the lock, I will eat all the junk which is possible. So I was this fat kid growing up and I used to be sick all the time. And unfortunately, it was only when I was studying at Harvard Business School, I realized the importance of food in your wellness journey. I saw families and my peers, how conscious they were about what they were putting inside the body. Right. And at the same time, my sister-in-law back in India, she was still struggling with the same thing that, you know, I can't find uh, convenient, tasty, healthy snacks for my niece. So that made me interested about this entire food space. And I realized that honestly, India was a third world country when it comes to packaged food. Uh, I questioned myself that, you know, why do Indian families need to eat junk? Why can't there be a more accessible option? And taste is extremely important, right? I mean, there are a lot of things which are coming up, but there's not enough, like there's not a perfect blend of health and taste. So that was my motivation. Um, that how can I create a household brand where uh, we are an enabler uh, to all the mothers. We are making every Indian family snack better. So, and everything that followed after that was just to arrive to this, uh, to this ambition, I would say. Like I, I worked in General Mills in US because I wanted to understand consumer-first innovation, right? Sometimes when you're sitting here, you copy the trends and best, but I really wanted to understand how innovation happens when you're keeping the consumer at the center. So I worked in US for a couple of years where I launched natural organic brands, uh, where I ran a PNL of $300 million. And I think, again, that prepared me uh, for this journey to start a brand from scratch in India. Right. And so did you, did you always have this thought in your mind or was it 
in the U.S. where it came to you, or it's it's always been something that's been in the back of your head? Yeah, no, I think I always knew what two things that I absolutely loved. One was creating something from scratch. So, you know, back in IIT, as I said, that was my self-exploration journey, figuring out who I was. I really enjoyed uh, storytelling. So I love uh, doing theater. And then, of course, I also enjoyed the business part of it. So because of that, I concluded, maybe I was being too naive, but I just concluded that I wanted to be in the consumer goods space and I want to create something of my own. The narrowing down to food definitely happened when I was studying at uh, Harvard Business School because, uh, yeah, even I didn't have that self-awareness about how important it is to eat right. So, so when did that come to you? Was it in Harvard where you were like, okay, if I eat well, I will feel better? Yeah, it was definitely when I was seeing how, how uh, people were conscious about what they're eating. And when I was hearing from my sister-in-law back in India that all the problems that she was facing in finding, the, as I said, the intersection of convenience, taste and health and affordability as well. So if, if someone is, is craving to start a business, right, they're just out of grad school or they're just out of whatever, they're, they're looking to start something. What, what's the kind of advice you would give them if they have no idea right then, how do you go about finding the thing that you should pursue? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I would say like two things which are very important. One is you need to be extremely passionate about the problem that you're solving. And the reason I say it, because you know this journey, that it has a lot of ups and downs. It's very easy to sail through the ups, right? In order to sail through the down periods, I think that passion acts like a fuel. So it's very important to feel passionate about the problem that you're solving. That is number one. Number two, I would I would say that you know this is something which I've seen in India. You know, I remember when I launched uh, um, a grain-free cereal in US. Within months, it became like a million-dollar brand, right? Why? Because in US, there are deep pockets. If you're solving any problem, you can create a million dollar business out of it. I think in India, you have to be a little bit mindful about the, about the market size, right? How big the problem is. Is it a deep market? I think that would be my second uh, point. I would say that when you're thinking about a problem, of course, A, you have to be passionate about it. B, you need to understand, is it a big enough problem in India? Can you create a scalable company out of that? I think these are the two things that I kept in mind as I was thinking about Open Secret. And for me, it's very clear that I want to reach to every household. And that's the reason why I want to go after these deeply penetrated categories, which every uh, country, every family in, in Bharat enjoys, right? Whether it's cookies, whether it's chips, whether it's like jams and spreads, every family can associate with that and then giving them a better for you solution because that's what they're looking for. So, so these are the two things I would say. Well, on passion, how, how do you, so my, my thing with passion is it's so tough. Not, not everyone has that thing. Oh, I love this, you know, or I love that. How do you find passion, you know, and, and, because you won't know, I guess, until you've actually gone and tried something. So how do you find, how do you even find what you're passionate about? Um, I think that is something which you need to answer, right? Some people find passion when they feel that uh, they can associate with the problem, right? Some people find passion because they just love problem solving in such a complex problem that even though they might not associate with it, they just want to solve it. So it depends on which camp you fall, right? If if uh, if you feel that if it has a personal story to it, it will it will help you uh, fuel your hustle. Then go for it. If you feel that you just love problem solving, the more complex the problem, the more passionate you are. Then you just figure out the biggest, most complex problem in the world and go for it. Wow. And but but has I'm interested. Has there been a time where you went in your journey of Open Secret where you were just like, I, I love this. I'm so passionate about this problem, but I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, I, I don't know if I can keep going down this road because it's so hard or whatever the challenge was. Was there an experience like that? Not even a single day. Not even a single day. I think, uh, uh, you know, every single day uh, I wake up and as I said again, you know, I feel privileged that I have this opportunity to create a meaningful difference in the lives of billions of families in India. And uh, it just fuels my hustle. Of course, there are days where I'm frustrated, 
but it never comes to my mind that you know there is anything in the world that i would be doing right now or i would want to do uh, apart from building open secret and creating uh, an honest authentic brand for families absolutely nothing wow and i i mean do you do you have like a a practice where you kind of remind yourself you know to be grateful or remind yourself uh, in the morning let's say do you write something down saying you know i'm so lucky to blah 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 or is it just something that you constantly think about i think a, you know a quick trick would be just stay close to your consumers right uh, just few days back i got a letter from a 10 year old and uh, she wrote to me and said that you know i love eating cookies and now uh, my mom uh, gives me this cookie because she thinks it's also healthy and i love the taste and and my favorite is peanut butter you know when you get and i've also posted on my linkedin because such a lovely letter like imagine in the world of technology who writes a handwritten letter these days you know if you stay close to the consumer you will actually see the impact that you're creating and again you know you don't need any other external motivation just the validation from the customer would be the true reward so just listen uh, to the customers uh, you know i i tell this uh, to my team that we don't have a chief product officer our chief product officer is mothers so we just keep hearing from her whatever her problem is we keep you know waiting and just give give her what she asks for that's all so just stay to the stay close to the consumer is what i would say and how do you stay close to them do you like is there a process do you constantly reach out to them for feedback do you use focus groups what what's that process like yeah i think uh, i think that's a benefit of of living in this online world right you know exactly who is buying your product um, you can reach out to them get their feedback um, when i started this brand i just had one product line which was just cookies right uh, then i launched a new because then mothers came to us because when you genuinely solving a problem uh, when you when they feel you are creating an authentic brand uh, they will actually come to you and tell you that you know either they love something about the brand or something that they want us to do more so they came back to us and mother said can you give me something for savory as well and that's how the chips came and then they came back to us and said you know can you make a morning easier so we came up with this nutty spread so that you know you can put it on a bread you can put it on a paratha i think just keep doing what you're doing and uh, if you're really solving a problem to, for the consumers they will definitely come back to you and and give feedback which i think is is very it's incredible and the power of a digital brand what do you do with with feedback that's like that's like one off because there's always i don't know maybe you haven't experienced this but there's always going to be like the haters who will say something like really just awful and that's like a one off do you do you take that into consideration or do you say okay this this is only come in once let's put that to the side No, I think every feedback is extremely important, and we um, and we take action on that. So, just to give you an example, you know, when I launched uh, my first product, it was a pack of two cookies, and I used to call it a Tiffin pack. The whole idea was that you can put it in your kids' bag, uh, and when they're going to school. And again, you know, taking some taking notes from my childhood. When I used to come back from school, I used to open the lock. There will be food on the table. So I thought, how can I bring that element in the different box that I'm creating? So that box, you know, when you open up, um, there is a small space where the parents can write a small note. Even the dad can write a note, right? You are always traveling. You might not see the kid, but you can just write a note that you know, good luck for your football game, or don't be stressed about the maths exam. So. I launched this into the market, and for me personally, it was such a nice gesture, right? Uh, there were people who absolutely loved it. You know, they said, "I love this branding. I love this brand element." And then there were people who said that, you know, I want a maybe simpler packaging, um, and I want a bigger pack because, you know, for me, it's not only going to the school as a family. We are sitting together. My husband eats it. I want it, so I want a bigger pack. I want a pack of six cookies. guess what we did there is a pack of two cookies for people who absolutely love it there is a simpler packaging a simple pack of six cookies for families who want to eat it at home of course with pandemic the consumption patterns have changed so i feel i think every feedback is important um and you should you should act on it that's what our our principle is and i'm i'm interested did did the um the letter thing which i i find very very cool was that uh, like a, did that go on social media and did that spread on social media and did that kind of help sales as well um yeah i think um, 
um, for sure, like there are a lot of dads, you know, who wrote, yeah. who wrote messages and there were messages on Twitter and on LinkedIn. Um, and it definitely inspired a lot of people because I feel in India, you know, we don't express a lot. We don't write, we don't say stuff a lot. Uh, so it did, it did. And it, it definitely, I think, as I said, this is the most rewarding things to see these small, uh, small impact that people do outside just the product. Yeah, and it's it's very cool because it, it's come from a very like genuine, amazing place. You want your kid to be able to see their note before they eat, but it's also an amazing marketing tool, right? It's it's something that will spread. I, I've I've heard of several businesses that have used stuff like this, now, so that's that's very very interesting. And I, I want to talk about um, starting with values because that that leads off of this conversation. I've listened to interviews with you and Avnish uh, from Matrix Partners, where you guys talked about culture and, and being strict on values. Um, what were the values that you went into this business with uh, before starting Open Secret? Yeah, I think, you know, when I was uh, uh, thinking about creating a brand, it was very important for me that we stand for certain values and we follow it 100%. And sometimes I feel, you know, as a founder, your own personal values also reflects uh, onto the brand that you're creating. So few things which are extremely important to me personally was respect and care. You know, I'm a kind of a person, I will not like uh, gossip about people. I just don't like doing it. I think uh, you have to uplift yourself without the, not at the expense of others. So I wanted to create a brand where we do a similar thing, where we have a culture of respect and where we have a culture of care. And uh, just to give you an example that, you know, when I was starting this brand, for me, there were two parts ahead of me. And a lot of people told me that, you know, what you need to do is you need to address the guilt of the mother. Go attack that tell her that, oh my God, you're giving this cookie to your kid, this brand, it has A, B, and C. And then I told to myself that, you know, a mother already feels so judged. If we really want to enable her, we don't want to create more anxiety, more fear, even though I knew that it can spread like wildfire, right? It can help us cut through the noise. But I took a conscious call that I really want to create a hero brand where the communication is, moms know the best. You are the real secret. We are no one to tell you what's best for your family, right? We are here to be just an enabler. Whatever you tell us, we will give it to you. So as I said, moms are the chief product officer at Open Secret. Whatever you don't want, Maida, we'll give you a Maida free cookies. You don't want fried chips, we'll give you a baked nutty chips all of that. So I think, again, this goes back to actually caring for the mother and even and taking a tougher path because I know creating a brand on this narrative is difficult because it's not that you are becoming a rebel brand, you're creating a cult, right? It's difficult. But I really want, uh, I want to create a culture of care for your consumers. And this is something, you know, it's not just for our consumers, but within the organization as well. I remember uh, I was telling Abneesh this particular example that, you know, I wanted to keep manufacturing in house so that we can have a better control on quality. And um, and Udit, uh, who's my co-founder, and I consciously took this call that we will employ women contractors because, as I was talking to you about, right, your early experiences really shapes you. I I genuinely want to empower women. I really want to empower families, and I think the easiest ways to empower the women, the family will get empowered automatically. So again, this care thing like, okay, we will empower mothers and then we were looking for uh, the contract manufacturing sites. Uh, we traveled to various places. We went to Bhivandi and, and we saw all these places which were falling under a budget. Uh, they had really shabby toilets. And I said, you know, especially, and they were like no separate toilets from, and they really wanted, you know, some privacy and they wanted some good hygiene condition. And I said, you know, we'll take our place, even though if the budget, we are exceeding the budget, we have to do the right thing. Uh, so these are some of the things and you know when the organization when people see the decision that you're making which is based on care which is based on respect it starts reflecting in every single person um, so very very important I think culture is I can't emphasize how important culture is and I'm so grateful we were talking about this uh, December last year and then COVID happened right and the only reason I say we all are working from home uh, except the operation, they come to the plant, but everybody else is working from home. We were able to hustle through this pandemic because 
we are a culture where you know we are very very driven based on our values where we don't have to sit on each other's head to ensure the work is getting done and i think here the culture has definitely paid off is that your management style because i i know and i think we talked about this before getting on as well uh, a lot of companies are going heavy into micromanagement right now especially because everyone's working from home and there's no trust how do you approach that situation in terms of meeting your team and uh, letting them do their own work and making their own decisions yeah no, i think see, we definitely do a daily connect right maybe talk about the priorities for the day but then i trust them that you know they're going to do uh, a fantastic job with that um so but but what i feel is there is not like i don't need them to sit in front of me to get it executed i completely trust them and that's the power of hiring right people who are driven by the purpose everyone here i think at open secret would talk about respect would talk about care and would talk about how we really are passionate about making indian families eat better so when you have such passionate people you don't worry about whether it will get done or not what you definitely need to stay connected is do we need to pivot do we need to try something else uh, all of that for which we definitely do a daily connect for sure when you're hiring people is is there like one question that really works for you and your team to separate the good and from the bad or the fitting in your culture to the not fitting in the culture yeah i think uh, i always try and ask them because it's you know it cannot be a very straightforward question it cannot be that do you respect other poor people of course everyone would say i do i think you can only figure it out by giving them a case study right and just see how are they going to react uh, are they going to just think about themselves or they are thinking about the team as a whole so these situational case studies are i would say the best way to figure out whether someone will fit the culture or not and irrespective how brilliant you are if you don't fit the i think if there is no cultural fit then of course i think um, we, we the answer is no so so without giving away your secrets could you just give us like one case study that you've used that that really that has worked well for your team so you know uh, for example um, you will ask someone and there there are lot of uh, lot of things that you will ask them right uh, even uh, the smallest of decisions that you have to make about um, you you have to grow a channel right and um, and sometimes what i have seen that people will only ask you questions about okay um who am i going to work with or uh, what what resources i'm going to get and there are few people when they're solving the cases they will ask about uh, what others are doing right i mean um, uh, how are people who are leading other channels um, and sometimes i've also seen that you know they will also go out of their way in solving problems of other people so you, you i think it, it's basically it depends on you know what exactly you want to check if you sometimes i think you would want to check about purpose so you will uh, dip, dip deeper you know sometimes people will say no 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 i really want to care about purpose driven brands and then you will ask them a question okay give me an example of a purpose driven brand that you absolutely love right a lot of the time people would say uh, i don't know uh, sometimes people would say that you know i absolutely i'm a team player i love working uh, working with team then you give then you ask them an example that you know give me an instance where you went out of the way uh, to help somebody else and so these are based on where you feel the red flags are and then uh, digging deeper on that yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and i i like your point on it's it's about what questions they ask you and based on their questions you can kind of analyze um you know what their thought process is yeah and uh, so so i want to go into time management and prioritization so this is like the favorite topic of the podcast uh we ask everyone on the show these kind of questions because it it really gives an insight into someone who's looking to start their own business or do anything that's that's huge right it's it it can be really intimidating to start a business to start an open secret to start whatever um do you how do you set your goals for the year or how do you set your goals for the month what what is your process Yeah so i would say that you know 
um, firstly, of course, you do create a plan, right? But then sometimes shit happens, like pandemic happened. So initially, we really wanted to create an omni-channel brand. Uh, before COVID, our split was 50% offline and 50% online, and then pandemic happened. So I would say that plans are okay, but just the reason why startups survive, uh, because they're agile they adapt pretty quickly. So that is the most important thing. Uh, so we also pivoted, right? Uh, we became more online focused. Now 95% of our business is online, 5% is offline. D2C is one of the fastest growing channels for us. So plans are okay, everyone will do it. But the biggest strength is, are you agile? Are you uh, iterating based on the feedback that you are that you are getting from the consumers so that is definitely important the second thing you know which i realized that a lot of people uh, make mistakes is they forget the difference between thinkers and doers you know um in an organization the worst mistake that you can do is making doers do the thinking and asking thinkers to just focus on doing and not giving them enough time to the thinking part. And the reason why I, I, I say this is I always ensure that I have enough time for thinking. Like every morning, I, I just, I don't block meetings in my first hour of the day because I really want to do the thinking part. And that is something which I can't outsource. I can't say that, you know, you figure out this, the strategy. That is something which you have to do. So it's very important that you are giving enough uh, time and of course uh, your bandwidth to the thinking part but create plans but if needed be willing to uh, pivot i would say yeah and and so what is your thinking like i don't on an average day let's say like tomorrow morning what's the kind of questions that you'll be asking yourself in the morning to brainstorm about yeah i think uh, a it would be very firstly consumer first right um how can i give to a family like what is something that they're asking for that we currently don't have and because of that we're already working on two product lines two launches which is like a long-term thinking where families came back to us and then they said that you know we, we want this and this so firstly thinking about how can you solve more of their problems that is number one number two is of course on a daily basis you know the mission that you have how can you execute better on that um idea is 1%, right? Execution is 99%. It just makes or breaks. Uh, so that is something which I always keep thinking about. Is there a better way to do what we are doing? And third, I would say team. I can't emphasize the importance of having a very solid kick-ass team. The reason we, we were able to see the kind of growth that we saw, right? Selling more than a, a million cookies, selling more than 100,000 chips in just 30 days of launch. It's only because we have a, a, like a really solid team. People who are not only great at what they do, but also very passionate about the problems that they are solving. So every single day, I also think about, you know, should what are the capabilities that we need to build? Are we hiring? Are we taking enough interviews? Are we adding, are we meeting more and more people? And then, as I was saying, like Sundays are my time where I definitely keep talking to uh, lots of people. Wow. And uh, so, so you have, you have so much to do, right? You, you're thinking in the morning, I'm sure you brainstorm a ton of ideas onto your notepad. Um, how do you decide what gets done in the day? Cause there's so much, how yeah. do you prioritize what you're doing in that day? I think sometimes shit happens, it makes your life very easy, that these are the urgent things, you have to do it. Uh, but I think it's just a balance of, um, and I'm sure uh, there's so much literature on this, I won't bore you with that, which is balancing ur urgent and important stuff, right? Uh, you have to definitely, there's no doubt, you have to get the urgent things done, uh, but you cannot uh, lose focus from the important stuff, which is there for the long-term uh, growth of the company. Got it. And uh, so I just interviewed uh, Rohan Mirchandani, who's the founder of, of Epigamia. And he says something very similar to what you did when we were having our pre-call before this. He was like, if you have time for a vacation uh, as an entrepreneur, you're doing, you're doing something wrong. If you have time to watch Netflix, you're doing something wrong. And then it was funny, right after that, you said, I haven't taken a vacation in two years. Yeah. Um, why haven't you taken a vacation and do you actually have the time and you just choose not to, or it's just, it's just that hectic? Um, you know, it, it might sound very cliche, but honestly, when I wake up, I'm really, I feel the privilege 
uh, I feel the privilege and the luxury of living a life of purpose. When you are driven by purpose, I don't feel like taking a vacation. Every single morning I wake up, I really want to reach out to more and more families and solve more of their problems. There's absolutely nothing in my mind. Uh, there's absolutely nothing which can give me more happiness. So it's not that I want to take a vacation, but I'm not able to because I'm not able to finish my work. It's because I'm not even looking forward to a vacation. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And of course, there are stressful days, but that's the beauty. You are like, you just want to do it. I think there is some. Uh, it's it's a it's a very like if when you really figure out something that you absolutely love doing, you just don't want to stop doing. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But okay, do you do you give yourself some balance? So, for example, are you working from morning to night, or do you take you stop working at six, or do you take a day off during the week? Or what's how do you find some sort of balance? I think some form of balance for me is you know uh, reading books. Um, um, and uh, I think that definitely, and reading about something, reading articles where you think about, you know, how the business is evolving, how the category is changing. Um, that is something that is a kind of break I, I feel good about, but absolutely. I think there is not a single second where I don't think about open secret and about how we can improve the lives of families in India, not a second, at least up till now I haven't, and I don't, I don't feel like doing anything else. I think if I try doing something else, I will be very, very distracted. Wow, that, that's awesome. I, I, I hope, you know, a lot of us can find that that same like that passion and energy. My, my, my question is, do you have days where you're just like, well, I've been working nonstop for seven, eight days in a row where you just feel exhausted? And on those days, if you have them, what's what do you do? Like, do you go for do you go to the gym? Uh, do you sleep longer? Well, what do you do to give yourself more energy? Yeah, I think that's a great question, you know, because during the pandemic, I, I, I used to be like, I used to love running. I had, I ran hard two half marathons, but I had absolutely given up of, give up on anything, right? I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything. And then I realized um, 45 days back that I used to love doing yoga. I used to love doing um, running because it, it, I think it made me more active. And I realized that, you know, I'm just sitting and I'm not even walking. I'm not even walking to office. I'm just sitting at home and, and, uh, and just working on my laptop. And then I definitely made an interruption in my life. And I started this uh, on Instagram, like 100, uh, 100 days of sweat, just to keep reminding myself that I need to, in the morning, take those 30 minutes or maybe like 20 minutes to go out for a run or to do yoga every single day so that I am better prepared to deliver on my mission right because i need to respect my own body as well so so that is something which i definitely uh, made an intervention very recently wow i i love that and i and i love that you put that on instagram because now i bet when you if you're if you're thinking of missing a day you're thinking oh but everybody's gonna know yeah. that i'm missing that day right yeah a lot of my people like i remember a few days i didn't uh, post anything and uh, one of my closest friends he was like what is happening why are you not doing why are you not going for running it's there you're not allowed to take uh, breaks and i said okay i get it i'm gonna like get back i need sometimes you need that peer pressure right peer pressure helps sometimes and in these cases for sure yeah i think a couple of guests on the show have said you know when if you're thinking of starting a business just tell everybody like put it people may think you're an asshole or something like that but just tell everybody that's what you're going to do and you will feel so guilty if you don't do it right so yeah. i mean you do you whatever works for you mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly so i think that's been really helpful i want to jump into the last section which is some quick fire questions and um I want to start with this. So if you started a new business tomorrow, right? Let's say um, a different one from Open Secret. What one practice from what you and your team do today would you take into that business? Yeah, I think the one thing which we didn't do when we started was uh, celebrating shitty days. I think, uh, you know, everyone celebrates the milestones, uh, all the achievements. Shit will happen. Shit, is, shit which is beyond your circle of control. And it's important that you feel like a team, that you are in it together, whether these are the good days or the bad days. So for sure, um, what we started doing was recently we'll order like chai and we'll order moon dalga halwa. That was a favorite. Whenever we had a shitty day evening, we'll just sit, laugh at it, learn from it and move on. 
Wow, cool. That, that's actually very cool. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Um, the second thing, we just talked about social media a little bit, but how often do you use social media? I think I'm an average social media user. I use all platforms very frequently, like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think it's a really good way to stay connected, right? Um, if I think about, I want to understand what people in Bhopal are doing, and right? if I want to communicate a story, there's not a better platform um, than uh, the platforms I mentioned. So I, I love using social media. Amazing, amazing. And uh, this is also something I'm very interested in. Uh, when you're working from home, and you're getting up to go to work, whatever it is, do you dress up or do you wear like pajamas that you just got out of bed with? back to the culture part right i think mm -hmm. for me it's very important that i'm creating a culture where you can bring your authentic self to work so i have never had a discussion about what time you should come to office what you should be wearing to office what time you should leave right um, i just want to give the freedom to people to make these decisions on their own um, and they should just focus on being the best version of themselves uh, for me also if i feel sometimes you know i feel like very ethnic i will wear like indian uh, sometimes i feel like dressing up i'll do that sometimes i'm just gonna wear casual so again just be your authentic self otherwise it's just to, it consumes too much of your energy and I don't want you to waste your energy on anything else apart from being your best. Nice. And um, the last question I have for you is how do you spend the first 60 minutes of your day when you wake up? You know, there is something that I want to say. I wish this was the answer and there is reality. <laughs> so uh, the, the wishful thinking is I do yoga or I do, I go for running. That's how I start my day. I wish I could, I could make this a reality. Uh, but sometimes you have to get to work, right? Uh, as I said, there are certain emails. You have to think about the plans for the day. So I open my phone or I open my laptop and go right into it. Uh, but as I said, my wishful thinking is one day I'll start with running and yoga and then to the laptop one day. <laughs> So I actually have a question there, uh, the last one. Does it ever stress you out though? Like what if, what if the first thing you see in the morning is like, you know, this customer complaint or something like that? Like, is that stressful? You know, one thing I would say if you're thinking about starting a company, get a thick skin. Yeah, and I think this is something my IIT days also uh, taught me. You know, I was uh, <clears throat> one of those 28 girls in a batch of 600. Right, so you will hear some shitty stuff. Uh, I think what it, it gave me a good training of getting a thick skin. So there will be ups and downs. So you better be prepared for that. Of course, there are days when I start with a very nasty email, but I'm very thankful for those nasty emails uh, because it helps us get better. Um, and I encourage people, you know, sometimes people say, oh, please don't post it on social media. I think you love us, you post on social media. If, if we did something bad please go ahead and so post on social media because you know uh that's how we will get better there's absolutely nothing wrong about uh, admitting your mistakes so it there that definitely happens but it should not uh, it should not bother you you should take actions and then just get better amazing amazing i think that's a great place to wrap up ahana thank you so much for coming on the show i really enjoyed it no i i think i really enjoyed chatting with you and you know it was it's a perfect segue to holidays because it made me reflect about my entire journey from uh, you know bharatpur to boston to bombay so thank you so much i think now i'm done with my reflection i don't need <laughs> thank you thank you so much and thank you to everybody who listen to this podcast if you have any questions for ahana make sure to put them in the comment section below and i will send them to her and we will get back if she has the time so thanks again see you guys in the next one